Welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. As always, what a delight to be here. What an episode I have for you. Before I get into the three things, three ways you can make money the real you way, I wanted to talk a bit about how I really came to this way of thinking. I would say in my work, there are two main messages. There is the philosophy of plenty, which underpins everything. And that is that there is plenty out there for you. And that the ideas of not plenty, of scarcity, of lack, of not enoughness are all based in oppressive systems. Systems like the patriarchy, white supremacy, ableism, fat phobia, homophobia, transphobia, all of those things that tell us that there is one way to be, that there is only so much space for so many people. And if you fall outside of that, you are therefore less than, not good enough. And not only that, if you want the things you want, if you want to be all of you, you will have to, com- well, not if you want to be all of you, but if you want things like money and all of that stuff, you will have to compromise a lot of you in order to get it. Like money is only for certain types of people who tick certain types of boxes is the message we get. When we live in, which we all do, when we live outside of this idea of plenty. So the first thing is plenty. That underpins everything. That's the first message. The second message is the name of this very podcast and the name of my mastermind. And that is the real you makes real money. Because counter to the messaging we've had, which is compromise who you are, like I just said, don't be who you are. And then you will somehow give this perfect version of yourself over to the money gods and the gods of capitalism. And they will say, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. Now you get your reward. So many of us are trying to do that, right? In in smaller ways than I've just described, but we are constantly trying to fit ourselves into, bend ourselves into these shapes that we just can't fit into. One of the most obvious examples is the cult of consistency, which social media perpetuates with its algorithms. It's not possible for us to produce the amount we're supposed to produce. Certainly not, and I wanna say it's very, very clearly, certainly not people who work for themselves and don't have a social media team or just an extra person. It's not possible to do that. And so, you know, the cult of consistency is an example of where we are trying to be something that we are not. That is probably not possible for us. So I I know some people that are like content creating like machines, machines. I've said to a few clients, you know, well, what do you do? Like if they're stuck, I'm like, what do you do when you get stuck for content? And they've looked at me like, what do you mean? I don't get stuck for content. And I was like, oh. Okay, that's amazing. 
but you know I don't get stuck for coaching questions or you know so I get it I get it we're different but what I'm saying is that is such a clear example of where we are trying to mold ourselves into things and the damage that is actually done by that is not not being consistent that's not the issue it's the way in which we beat ourselves up for our lack of consistency it's the way in which it stalls us and freezes us from sharing our stuff because we're like but I haven't been consistent can I sell that thing am I allowed to am I allowed to just go in with selling emails am I allowed to do this am I allowed am I allowed because we believe we have to offer up consistency to the money gods to the social media gods in order for that money for us to be deserving of that money for us to be allowed access to the money and so the real you makes real money is about the fact that when you soften on that when you allow yourself to just be who you are first of all and this is the kind of I don't know, contradiction, paradox. I'm not quite sure what would be the best word to use for it. Irony, maybe. I'm always really scared of using irony because Alanis Morissette got it so wrong. Does anyone else have that panic? Be like, is it ironic though? Or am I being like Alanis Morissette and it's not ironic at all? Um, Is that the irony is that when we do relax, allow ourselves to follow our flow, and this is going to be one of my points, we're often more consistent than we were before. Because we're not falling down a shame spiral. We're not creating all those different caveats I just mentioned. We actually get more done. We're able to be more ourselves. We're able to, you know, run our businesses in ways that suit us rather than constantly trying to fit ourselves into this mold that like we it's literally like there is a mold for a person with four arms and we don't have four arms. And we keep trying to move our arms into the shape of somebody with four arms. But it means that we only have, we're we're not using our other arms fully, our actual arms. And we're also really uncomfortable and, and, and. It's a weird example, but you get what I mean. Like, not only are we not fitting that mold, we're not using what we already have, which can be incredibly effective. What you already have works. And is no, and this is important actually, is no better or worse. We tend to think it's worse or that those people are better, but it just is. The world is meant to be made up of very different multifaceted people. And yet when it comes to business, when it comes to money, we're like, hmm, must be the same. Must all fit into a certain mold. There's one way to do this. Let me see how I can contort myself into that space. And when I think about this, and and for those of you that have done plenty, and for those of you that will join plenty, when we look at the wheel of conditioning, which I teach in there, it makes so much sense. So the wheel of conditioning is almost like a pie chart of a number of different factors that come in to our conditioning. And often they underpin one another. And I was writing a caption this morning and just thinking about the ways in which we think that so was, the, the post was about the fact, something I said in last week's podcast, which is money doesn't corrupt, money amplifies. And I see so many people not even talking themselves out of, strongly opting out of making money. And sometimes more like it's more of a shy away from than a strong reaction to it. But I see people really 
moving away from this idea that they could make money because they have the emotional insight to see the way that money amplifies, but they read it as corruption. They see that money amplifies stuff about people. And sometimes that stuff is not good stuff. I would argue it's still social conditioning that's not being checked, but they see that. And so they think, oh, money creates the corruption, but money just creates the amplification of that conditioning, which gone unchecked is incredibly harmful. But the people with the emotional intelligence to see it are also often the ones who are impacted strongly by the social conditioning to get things right all the time by perfectionist conditioning. That unless we are showing up perfectly, because we're so easily criticized, so much don't fit the mold of what you're meant to look, which is the patriarchal model of how you're meant to be, which is a white old man, basically, or a white middle-aged man, straight man, you because we don't fit that there's so many ways in which we try to make up for that in our perfectionism and and that's like a very simplistic reading of that the reasons that people feel perfectionism and so we are those people that carry around that perfectionist conditioning and so when we look at the fact that money amplifies those unchecked bits we're emotionally intelligent enough even if it's on a subconscious level to know that we have those bits too and i want you to know that you do It's not the having of those parts that discounts you from having money. Because we've got all these billionaire people, mostly men, mostly white men, going around with those parts with money, unchecked, doing their thing. It's not the the having of those parts, even the acknowledgement of those parts, that means we should avoid money in case we X, Y, Z. It's actually the fact that you notice that means you should have money. It's actually the very reason you discount yourself from it because you want to, and and it's a safety mechanism, right? And it's most basic form. You want to keep yourself and others safe. And it's the other safe that I want you to hear because a lot of people who are making money only want to keep themselves safe. You want to keep yourself and others safe. So your concern for harm, your concern for all of those things is exactly why you should have money. But that perfectionist conditioning, because it spots that it's like, oh, I've checked around though, and there's some bits, there's some bits that are not good and do have potential for harm. We all have potential for harm. We are walking around as beings capable of harm. Of course we are. But what I really, really want you to know is that does not discount you. In fact, that uniquely qualifies you. Because it's not about never causing harm. It's about even having the capacity to recognize it's there. Having the capacity to understand that this is something you need to dig into, that you have responsibility within, and that you can fucking handle. You can trust yourself with so, so much. Okay, that was a little divergence for you. But that is what I mean. You know, we can say, I have probably told this story like a gazillion times, but it was such an influential moment when I was 14 or 15, maybe 16, hearing this psychologist say, all actions come from a good intention. And he was someone who worked in the prison system. And it was like, all actions come from a good intention. It might not, it might be a perversion of that, 
you know, like someone murders somebody to protect themselves or somebody else. It can be a really warped idea of protection or a good, which is a good in its essence, a good motivation. You're trying to protect something. It can look all sorts of like not right. Like trying to feel good, trying to all of those things. But when we take that and we think about our own behavior and our own desire to, you know, not cause harm, to not be corrupt, to not wield the power that comes with money and we cannot deny it's there, but we're going to be curious about and thoughtful about and forgiving about and softer with it. That's the real you. That's who you really are. That's why you're so concerned about all of this in the first place, because it's so fundamental to you. You have such a strong commitment to that and it will look different ways you have such a strong commitment to that that you are struggling to potentially compromise that commitment so for example I have a very strong commitment to not being hypocritical and it really gets in my way sometimes that commitment has meant I have caused people harm even with money I am not perfect in that sense And I can either say, well, I'm a hypocrite. I should quit now or go, for that hurts. I'm sure it hurt them. I feel it. But what am I going to do with it? Why did I do that? How can I forgive myself? How can I ensure that doesn't happen again? And so that real you is it's about the systems. It's about the way you run your business. It's about how you market things. It's about really understanding the essence of yourself so that things flow. You know, maybe you are somebody who loves to be on video. Maybe you are somebody who's super last minute. Maybe you are somebody who would rather be writing emails and you're super organized. And those are just some relatively surface bits. But really tapping into who you are is going to allow you to breathe out, exhale widely, and run the business that makes the money for you. The money that, by the way, when I say real money, there's a reason, because I do love, we've talked about big money so recently on the podcast. I love a bit of big money. I love to talk about that. But the reason I use the term real money is because it's more about the money that fits you. Not like, oh, so the better people, it'll be more money and the worse people, it'll be less money. It's nothing to do with that. It's about what feels good to you. And some of you, that's going to be millions. And some of you, it's going to look more like low six figures. Some of you less, like, but running a business depends on your business model. And it's absolutely, absolutely like not a problem not to earn six figures. Of course it's not, but it depends on what kind of business you want to run and what kind of business suits you. And I do think we have a bit of a, the six figures chat is problematic in that it's all like you're basically corners of the internet, like you're worth nothing unless you're making six figures, which is so obviously just absolute bullshit. However, it has made six figures, I think, for the rebellious ones of us. It's made us be like, well, I'm not going to make six figures then. And actually, I've said this so many times, six figures is not that high an amount. Like if you're in that hundred, like around hundred thousand pounds or dollars, it's not that much money for running a relatively simple business. 
It doesn't leave much space. You're not in that, what we just talked about in plenty, that plenty amount where you're not scraping by and all of those things. You don't have a big reserve. You're not able to pay team members easily. So we really need to both like make six figures less of a like be all and end all, but also make it less of a like a big amount. We need to normalize that amount, in my opinion. So yeah, that was a long preamble. But I feel really, really strongly, obviously, about the message behind real you and real money and what it means for our businesses. I also like one of the places it came from originally, like how it sort of came to be was I think about baby business me a lot. And I know I reference her. Let's make her a whole separate person on the podcast a fair bit because when I started sort of seven-ish years ago now, the online coaching space was already very present, but, and it felt like I remember people would say, everyone's a coach now, then. And you think how many more there are now? And people are still making money, by the way. Like, don't let that one seep into your into your brain. But I think about her and the way she kind of just came out of nowhere. Even for me, like I remember Mal Wiggins, who some of you will know, saying it just seemed like you just like, where did you even come from? And some of it was, or a lot of it was, not having been told what I should be believing yet. It's almost like I didn't have the internet coaching world conditioning that told me who I should and shouldn't be, how I should and shouldn't do things. And I have been through quite the process in the last couple of years. I can't wait for five years time when I know I'll talk about this time and be like, you know what? Like, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times because I know how formative so much of this has been and will be. But also I can see where I wrote off that baby business version of me as naive, not knowing. I started to think I needed to I didn't think I was better than her I thought I needed to be better than her and straight out the blocks business Ray was damn good at business I may not have read the books I may not have may not have been official I may not have had the training I had slash have an instinct for it this podcast started off as an email and one of the things I wrote down was I had yet to be taught the right way to do it. I was yet to be conditioned by the online blueprints and step-by-step guides, yet to hop into a mastermind that had me feeling like I knew nothing about running a business because I was doing none of it their way. I was green. And when I started, I absolutely was also running off almost pure gut and intuition. When I stepped into that mastermind, I remember thinking it was a good thing that I was realizing how little I knew. Sometimes we can go into a space and we're like, whoa, oh my God, how have I made money not knowing this? How have I missed this part? But I think the way that that mastermind was run was very like, do it our way, which works for some people and not for others. And I'm definitely one of the people it doesn't work for. And what I was more presented with was, oh my God, I know nothing. I'm going to have to build my business again from the, from the ground up. I'm going to have to destroy it all. Because how am I making any money? And that's very different to like, whoa, there's so much more to know. Like, I did not know this. This is exciting. What another, like, 
amazing that you're building on what you've got, but to feel like you've got to tear down the foundations when things are going well. I'm all for a burn it all down moment. I am. I have to talk myself out of them a lot (laughs) because I love that feeling. But when it is more like you, what you thought you knew was wrong. You know, you don't know jack shit about business. And that was kind of what I internalized. And I, for some reason, just, this is like three years ago now, by the way. So there's been a lot of getting this stuff back. Some reason I discounted that version of me that just showed up. I still teach a lot of what I taught at the beginning. I find myself returning to it frequently being like, huh, you knew that. You knew that before you got into that place of, you know, I've got myself far enough now on this real you stuff. I can I can only like get so far. And I, I say this a lot in my work. People's ceilings for that are really different. When it's like we start to tell ourselves we have to do it a way that is outside of who we are. We have to outsource what we know is right. This is what I see happening with my clients all the time, particularly in the Real You, Real Money Mastermind, because it's an intimate space of six people maximum. So often in that space, we're peeling back the layers to who they've always been and what they've all what they've already known and what they've always known and what they've been taught not to trust. And we start bringing that back into their business. And it is glorious. Even talking about it makes my nose start to tingle and makes me want to like well up because it's such an amazing thing. So my three things that will really, really help you to embrace, this is stuff you can action now. Some of it's going to take you time because we've been running on, on these other systems for a long time, but I wanted to share them with you today. So the first one I've alluded to a number of times already, and actually I probably should put this last, but we're going to go in with it first because it's probably the most important. Embrace your unique rhythms. You've been taught to believe that the capitalist idea of do, 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 do is the only way to be, that unless you're doing it that way, you're failing and you're allowed, you're allowed to maybe not do it that way as long as you're on the journey to doing it that way. You know, oh, you know, I'm I'm figuring out and I'm guilty of saying this I'm figuring out how to be consistent I'm figuring out I'm getting closer and getting closer rather than just allowing yourself to do things your way. With the launch of Real You Real Money, I have written so much content and it's been coming really easily to me. And yet I felt a sense that that is not quite how Real You Real Money wants to be launched. That my vision for Real You Real Money is always that it would be the people coming out of plenty would be the ones signing up. And that is what I'm seeing in who's signing up this time. And so while I'm sure they're paying attention to my social media posts in lots of ways, I know what matters more with those people this time. And this is the first time I think I've believed that there were they were there were enough people there to do it or that I was doing a good enough job in plenty to facilitate it. Now. I think that had I believed it was possible for me before, it would have been there for me because I would have sold in a different way. And so I have ended up not being as consistent. I was away, blah, 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 but not being as consistent maybe as I'd hoped to be. But I now have so much material for the launch that's about to happen in a week. 
If you're in real year, real money, you will get this for free. If you're in plenty, you will get this for free. If you're not and you're interested in my work, keep your eyes out because next week I will be launching my new offer and I am beside myself. It's really perfect for people who are wondering about joining plenty, um, wondering how that's going to work, like if that would work for them. And the, oh, I can't wait. Anyway, I can't talk more about it yet, but I cannot wait. So what's happened is I've followed my own unique rhythms and I've ended up creating so much content for that launch without even really thinking about it. And that's the sort of magic that happens when we start to follow. It's almost like our insides, they know. They know more than we do, but we get ourselves bundled up. And and don't get me wrong, that's not what I'm always doing. But I focused on following my rhythm so much more. And it's worked out like just incredibly. So let's stop making our rhythms wrong. You might be someone who needs a lot of rest. And I implore you to make that rest as important as eating your lunch, as going for toilet breaks, as drinking water. Don't wait until you're so tired you have to rest. Put it in there. There could be all sorts of other ways that you can honor what works for you. Maybe you're someone, this, do you know what's a good example of this actually? Launching. So if you're someone who's in the coaching world, and if not, just bear with me for the, for the example. So people often say to me, Ray, what's the best window? Like, what's the best amount of time to have my launch open for? I think I first started, they were longer. So like, give people time, get your content out. And then I actually found it very hard to hold a launch open for that long. because I had so much anxiety in that time and I was running off pure adrenaline. So I decided to make them shorter. This is around probably 2019-ish, maybe to 20 beginning of 2021 make them shorter windows bursts of energy get them done then I dealt with a lot of that anxiety and I also think that the world shifted the online world shifted and also the way that I want people to interact with my work shifted and I wanted to give them more time I wanted them to have time to think about it all of that stuff and so I then made them longer again Now, I could say, and I kind of just have in a way, you know, that's what the online world needs now, blah, blah, blah. But here's what those were really driven by. What did I need? What did my rhythms need? At first, I didn't really know what I was doing. I needed time. I was learning. So there were longer windows. Then I was riddled with anxiety. It was too much for me to hold. Shorter windows. Then I felt better about it, more expansive about it. I wanted to give people more time. Longer windows. Each of them has worked. And that's a really good example of running your business by your own rhythms. It's not, you know, for example, for a long time, I really beat myself up about how much time I gave notice I gave people for like masterclasses and workshops and stuff, because I am quite a last minute person generally. And then I realized that my clients, I've never had a problem selling something last minute. It's fine because my people are often last minute people. Another, so, you know, I follow my rhythms, which are, oh, I've had an idea. Let me put that out rather than I've had an idea. Let me sit on it and talk about it for two weeks, three weeks, be bored of it and not deliver it in the same way. And people still show up. It still works. My business is still making money. 
I have tried business so many different ways. And what I can tell you is you cannot fuck it up. I have thought I've driven it into the ground, brought it back. I have had amazing months and bad months following each other, lower months, I should say, following each other. Like it's, it can all be present and you make money. So following your own rhythms will mean that you just allow yourself to be you. Often we're actually squashing our magic when we do that. I allow myself to follow the ebbs and flows of my energy because here's what I can tell you after seven years. Not once, not once has that energy not come back to a flow. Not once. Ebbs have lasted longer, but so have flows. Letting yourself ride it generally means it will be back quicker as well than fighting and going, oh my God, I've got to get it back. Because the ebb's there for a reason. Either you need to learn something, you need to see something, you need to rest. You're in a time of integration. These are all normal things. Marathon runners do not run at the same speed for the whole marathon. Marathon runners do not run marathons every single day for years on end. It's not possible. They have rest days. So I've learned that I am safe to ride out these ebbs and the flows. This too shall pass, right? The flow is going to pass. The ebb's going to pass. The second one is a tricky one to give like a pithy title to. But it's, it's work out what works best for you. Are you someone who likes to create from other people's stuff, other people's thoughts? Are you someone who works better? You know, if, so basically, if you're given like a, a blueprint, are you able to work with that and make it your own? Are you someone who can take somebody's steps and put it into something that still reflects you? Or are you someone who needs to do it your way? I am not a massive fan of things like swipe files. I am a big fan of prompts, you know, ideas I could do. A whole swipe file, if someone's like, write an email about this, sometimes that's helpful. More often, what I want them to do is say to me, think about questions your clients might have and write some emails about that. That's going to be far more helpful to me than write an email on this, 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 this. It literally, I feel it very frenetically in my brain. My brain starts to feel swimmy with it. Now, you might not have such a strong response to that, but I certainly have had to learn that doing things my way works better for me, even if it takes me longer to get there. And so I would ask you, is it serving you to follow other people's steps? Or are you dismissing, and I talked about baby business, Ray, and maybe you have your own version of this. Are you dismissing your own innate wisdom? Are there things you know you want to do and you're not doing them? You're not doing them your way. You're doing them the way you've been told will work. And yet you're finding it's not working. And so what you're doing is blaming yourself for not doing it right when maybe the whole thing is not for you because it didn't come from you. Now, other people will be more, will will go about this in a different way. 
And you might be like, you know what? No, it really works for me when I can look at what someone else is doing and follow their patterns. And there are elements of that for me too. Gathering evidence of what's working for other people is really good for me. Often though, because it gives me permission to do what I wanted to do in the first place. But that doesn't mean you don't see the way I do business in other places. And that can be incredibly affirming. Recently, I came up with this idea of that, which is the course I'm going to be launching next week. And I was listening to a podcast that basically very much like a well-known podcast that basically said to do exactly what I had already decided. And that was always a very present experience for me. Sometimes I'll have a theory about something within coaching or humans or money, and then I'll read and be like, oh, that's a whole studied thing. How interesting. And I'm sure lots of you have had that experience. But really notice, like, where do I get my inspiration from? When do I find myself in the most flow? What are the conditions that happen around me when that's happening? Is it when I'm in a program and I'm inspired and the coach is telling me what to do? Or is it when I'm working with a coach who is drawing out of me what I already know I want to do? Am I someone that thrives when I'm innovating? Or am I someone that thrives when I'm following a method and adapting it to myself? I would always say, adapt it to yourself. Some people can absolutely follow word for word what a coach did the first time and then adapt it to themselves afterwards. For me, I have found in the past, I can't do that. I need to do it my way from the off, which may mean that I get different results. I get that. But if I do it the coach's way, I'll get no results because it will feel so not okay in my body. So yeah, like I said, that that one is harder to like give it a pithy title, but I think it's like really get in touch. And this is something that we would work on enormously in Real You, Real Money, is really get in touch with how you relate to the energy of your business. The kind of like, it's like sometimes it can be like our business has a personality, has a kind of a shape and a form of its own. And so how you respond to that, like when are the two of you most matched? When is it working for you? And do your level best to protect those conditions at all costs. Invest in ways that support that. Ask questions of it. Get to know it so that you can be making those empowered decisions that might look like you've seen other people do a million times. It might look like a very similar business model to lots of people, and that's fine. But it might look very, very different. And that's also fine. And then the last one is chuck out all of the, I'll have to have X to get Y. And what I mean by that is like, you know, my audience is too small. My click rate's not high enough on my emails. And this kind of taps into the, I'm not posting enough on Instagram. It taps into that consistency piece. Allow yourself as you are right now to build the business. And notice I say build the business, but so often we are saying, I'm not there, therefore it doesn't count. Therefore I can't do it. I have never had a very big email list. It's something I'm absolutely working on this year, but it's not ever stopped me a bit like I was saying earlier on, making the sort of money I'm making. I have consistently made 
between 100 and 200 grand with that audience level. And I replay, you've got to be bringing people in, but I've said this a gazillion times as well. You'd be amazed by how few people you need to bring in to inject life into your list. You really would. And I'm talking like many months, I add way under a hundred to my list. And yet it is enough to keep that list feeling alive. Do I want to move it into another space? Yes. Absolutely. But I don't let it mean I can't make money. I can't make certain offers. I can't sell every day. Removing those rules. And maybe this is a better title for this one. It's like, it's remove the rules. Remove the rules. Stop telling yourself you have to have sent a certain amount of emails before you're allowed to send them daily selling something because you're punishing yourself for that consistency piece. Stop telling yourself your audience needs to be a certain size before you can put out that offer, charge that amount, allow the rules to be your rules, allow your experience to be your experience. Reality is so different for different people. You'll hear people say, well, in reality, blah, 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 blah. In reality, you'll need a bigger audience than that. In reality, you'll need to start charging lower before you can charge higher. In reality, you need a spread of prices. In reality, one offer sells better than multiple offers. In reality, all of it works for someone and none of it is working for somebody else. The very thing that is working so beautifully for one person, another person will try and it will land flat on its face. You have so many choices. And one of the ways that you can really get to grips with who you are, with with that, you know, embodied version of your business that I was talking about in point two is by casting aside the rules. It is by allowing so many different things to be true all at once. That that thing that might work beautifully for one person doesn't for you. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means you're two unique people bringing your unique experience, your new unique brilliances, your unique bits. I don't want to say weaknesses, but bits you're not as good at into the mix. But you do not have to have a business that looks a certain way to make money. Are there some absolutes? Yes. Let's talk about those very quickly before I finish up. There are some absolutes. You need to have something people pay you for. You need to price that at an amount that compensates for the work you do and means that you make the sort of money you want to make and you need to sell. How things look around that can vary wildly. And I know when I say that, sometimes it can feel like so much freedom that it's terrifying. But you already, I know, have a good sense of what does work for you. I know you do, because there will be things you can't stop thinking about. There'll be things you talk yourself out of. There will be information that's already existing inside you that you are not allowing to be true, either because it's scary or because you've been told you're not allowed to, or both. And I just want to encourage you to bring that forward 
to allow it to be what it is and to really start diving into that real you, real money journey for yourself. Now, for some of you, that's going to involve becoming a part of real you, real money. And you have until this Friday, which I think is the 12th of May, to join us. I'm expecting there to be, well, just send me a DM. There are people, I've got people milling about who are interested. But as I'm recording this, there are spaces currently. So send me a DM. Let's talk about it. You don't have to be exactly sure of how it's all going to work out. Just send me a DM and we'll talk about it and see if it's a good fit for you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate every single one of you and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.